I'd just like to say, Helen, you may be nervous because you haven't done that in a while. I've done this a couple times. I'm still nervous, so you know, it's okay. So we're in the second week this week of our series about our church under construction. Last week, Dan talked about being a church that cares and we, how we might be able to do that. This week, we're going to talk about serving. And serving can mean several different things. Um, I actually had to ask Dan, like, okay, what specifically are we talking about here? Um, but this, we're focusing specifically on serving in the church and ways we can do that. So as I started this sermon, I said, well, what the heck can I talk about? Just come and do some work. No, I'm just kidding. So before I dig into that, <laughs> I want to spend some time talking about who we are ultimately serving. So if you're in Sunday school or in your worship service and somebody asks you a question about who does blah, 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 what's the answer everybody always gives, right? It's God or Jesus, and that is the answer again today. But there's an important position that God holds, and that is of king. The Old Testament spells out the fact that God is king, king over all creation. Psalm, here's my Bible verses. Lots of you who like to get into the Bible, here we go. Psalm 10 Verse 16 says, the Lord is king forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. Or, as King Jehoshaphat confesses in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 6, O Lord, God of our fathers, you are, not God in, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. And here we go again. Or consider King Hezekiah in Isaiah 37, 16, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are God. You alone of all the kingdoms of earth, you have made heaven and earth. And these are just a few examples in scripture. If you looked at all the Psalms and read through the Psalms, you'd see lots of references to God as sovereign, God's reign, or directly referred to as king. So simply put, God is the sovereign ruler or king of the universe. In fact, many, there are many traditional Jewish prayers that start like this. Blessed are you, Lord our God, king of the universe. And since we've got chosen t-shirts and lots of people talking about the chosen, if you've watched the chosen, you've heard that even as Jesus himself prays. When we get into the New Testament, God is still king. The New Testament continues the idea of God's kingship in Jesus. The Gospels tell the story of Jesus establishing the kingdom of God. We've also talked about that here at Rock and Refuge. The Gospels tell the story of Jesus establishing the kingdom of Oh, sorry, I'm rereading. In the Gospel scripture that Helen read for us, you might be wondering, right, Jesus on trial, that's more like Easter time thing. But Pilate asks Jesus if he is a king. And Jesus answers clearly, you say rightly that I am a king. And not just a king, but king of kings. Paul, writing to Timothy, says the following, I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate, we talked about that, made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the, peer, the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ which he will display at the proper time. He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's also crystal clear about being the King of kings and Lord of lords in Revelation 19, verses 13 and 16. 
which says, he is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the word of God. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So we've established that God is king, and that's yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever. Now that we've established that, let's talk about how it is an honor to serve the king. In the Old Testament, God instructed Joshua to divide the promised land as an inheritance among the tribes of Israel, except he didn't give the Levites any land at all. Instead, the Levites were chosen to serve, and that was also in our Old Testament, or at least briefly referenced there. Those of you who grew up in the church, do you remember much about that division of land, like which tribes got which piece of land? I don't, and probably most of us don't, but I bet you it rings a bell that the Levites were chosen to serve. Why do we remember that? We remember it because it is an honor to be chosen to serve, and it's special. Historically, it's also been considered an honor to serve a king and in the kingdom. Um, as I was doing a little bit of research, I found an article by a woman named Lucy Worsley writing about the vast Georgian royal household in England. And when I talk about a household, I don't mean like an immediate family member that we might think of as our household, but if you think about a king, historically, the household is big. Think about Buckingham Palace, all, palace, all the people who are in there. So this is what she says. The highest ranking of its members, the courtiers proper, were the lords and ladies-in-waiting. These noble men and women were glad to serve the king and queen in even quite menial ways because of the honor involved. And of course, this concept all along made me think of knights, you know, the kind of knights in shining armor. If you look at the back of um, your bulletin, you'll see I chose a picture of a kneeling knight in front of Jesus. Being in, service into, being in service to the kingdom is part of what makes being a knight honorable. The picture on the back of the bulletin, to me, illustrates the crux of the point. It is a true honor to serve the king, our king. Here at Rock and Refuge Church, the leadership team has been working on finding just the right words for our mission statement. We're still working on it, and um, we have nothing final, but it's shaping up to be something like this. Shining with the light of truth and love, our mission is to make the world more like heaven one person at a time. Why do we do a mission statement? A mission statement helps guide what we do and what, where we are headed here at Rock and Refuge Church. Can you consider what a future at Rock and Refuge Church might look like? I brought a picture with me today. This is our Christmas Eve service. Eve Eve service. For those of you who are here, how did it feel? I've heard, more, yeah, I've heard more than one person tell me that the Christmas Eve Eve service was like a vision of what Rock and Refuge Church could be in the future. Making a vision a reality and carrying out our mission cannot be done by resting on our laurels. It's going to take some work. And let's be honest. The descriptions of serving our king, the way I've described it and how honorable it is, as truthful as it is, can sound somewhat romanticized. Serving is not always and really almost never easy, clean, or completed with others watching us with awe. Helen read this too in Colossians. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your, your, as your reward. 
you are serving the Lord Christ. Our Church Under Construction series is covering the many ways we can help and work to build our church. So I just talked about today that I'm talking about serving, serving in the church. Are you squirming in your seat? Are you groaning? Some of you may be coming from uh, an environment in which you, someone is calling you from one committee in the church asking you to serve on one or more dozen of the other committees in the church. If you say yes, service really entails monthly administrative meetings, one for each committee, by the way. People staring at each, this is my experience, as you can tell, people staring at each other in those meetings trying to figure out, okay, there's all this work to be done, who's going to do it? And then even worse, going from your committee to other people who are already serving on other committees, asking them to do even more work. Doesn't sound very good, does it? But if you walk into other churches, you might find people wearing t-shirts, brightly identifying them as a member of a serve team. A team working together to serve the church. I definitely like that image better than the boring administrative part of serving. For Rock and Refuge Church, let's think about that second picture. There's going to be multiple ways you can serve. And I'm going to go over them a couple, a couple ways you can serve, and I'm going to categorize them in now, next, later, and maybe even a few that we can do anytime. We are a fledgling church, and the needs will grow over time. So what do we need now? Pastor Dan mentioned last week we only need two to three people for each opportunity and maybe one of those people to ensure the job is being done and covered. So for now, I only have two. Counting and recording the tithes and offerings. We're pretty well covered in this area. Roger and Jackie generally take care of that, and Mike's been filling in when they're not here, but maybe one more person in case two of those three people aren't there because we need two people to count. So, for example, today, Mike is here, but neither Jackie nor Roger are. If you'd like to do that, pray about it. This is next one, to me, is really important because it's invisible, I think, to most of us. It's not top of mind, and that's tearing down or cleaning up after service. We are guests of Firm Foundation, so it's important for us to return the building back to its proper place so they can have their service on Sunday morning. You may or may not know that Dan is doing most of this work. As interim pastor of our church, it's important that he's able to connect with the people of the church. And if he's worrying about meeting people in the church and connecting with us all, then he's got to stay even later to clean down and put everything away. We definitely have a need there. So we'd like to have a few people who can spend a little extra time after the service to put things back, and it'll have a huge impact. And if you're so minded, it might be good eventually to learn what it takes to open up and set up, too, because you may not know, Dan does most of that work, too. So those are really the only two things that we've already identified for ways to serve in the church now. But there might be other things coming down the pike. So this goes in my next category. What about fellowship? Fellowship produces our mutual cooperation in God's worship, God's work, and God's will being done in the world. So a couple of people who want to identify and organize fellowship opportunities will help us build a strong Rock and Refuge Church family. This is also near and dear to my heart, a backup person for the bulletin. Or just print it, fold it, and bring it. I typically do this, and I'm happy to do it. But there's going to come a time when I'm sick, when I'm traveling, 
or something else comes up and I can't do it. Along those same lines, help with email communications. You may have noticed I've had a hard time keeping up with a worship recap after every week or distributing the prayer, the prayer requests that we talk about in service. So there's an opportunity for someone who would be willing to sort of compile stuff and email things out. We have many people on our email distribution list who actually don't attend um, but still want to keep in touch and pray for us. I know Amy's got a distribution list that's monthly, but I have a couple of people on our weekly um, distribution that fit that category. For example, Reverend St Stanley Harrell or people like the Grabowskis who are gone for four weeks. It helps keep people connected. So that might be another opportunity to serve in our church. And as we invite more and more people to be a part of this great journey that we're on, people to greet and hand out bulletins and making sure people have song sheets is also something we're going to need later. As our church grows, there's going to be probably more jobs. If you think about keeping a church running and serving the people and serving um, the kingdom, what about teaching Sunday school? I know we're not doing that now, but it may come in the future. Ushering. Following up with those who visit, who knows? We don't know yet. This is in the later category. However, I hope each of you are as excited as I am to see where God takes us on this journey and what needs emerge. Coming into the home stretch here. What can we do at any time? Say hello. As we gather together to worship, I know we do this pretty well, but say hello to each other. Sing with a loud voice. Tap your resources outside of Rock and Refuge Church when we have a special need or an occasional need. Aren't we very thankful for Carl and Beth and our other musicians that come in? They're not part of our church family per se, but yet they're willing to help us as a church family. Um, you may not know this either. Frank Grabowski got some outside help to produce the Christmas Eve Eve service video that allowed us to share that with our friends, our family, and on our Facebook page. These are the things that either we as a leadership team or I myself have been able to list out, but you don't have to wait for us to come up with a need. If you are sitting in your chair, or in, I'd say pew, but these are not pews, um, and you think that there is a need or a valuable job that you can contribute to, let us know. We're all in this together to build our church. And true to form, I have a handout. So I wanted to give you something that you can take home to help you as you meditate on how you can use your gifts to build Rock and Refuge Church. Of course, consulting with our Heavenly Father through prayer. When you're ready to volunteer to help or coordinate, let any one of us know. So this is just like a little sheet. I don't think And what I'm handing out can be used to think about all of the different aspects of serving in the church or building Rock and Refuge. Like I said, today I talked about serving in the church. Dan talked about caring for the members of our congregation. We're going to be talking about a church that prays, and we're going to be talking about a church that reaches out. So all of those are opportunities to build Rock and Refuge Church and expand the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, be merciful to your people. Fill us with your gifts and make us always eager to serve you in faith, hope, and love. As we devote ourselves to serve in your house, fill us with the grace to do everything faithfully to please you. 
Grant this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.